0: Hi everyone, this is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today I'm joined by Nick Coles, Head of Software at Aerobotics. This is a special edition of DevOps Chat because we're talking about talks at the Spinnaker Summit 2019, which is in San Diego this year. Now Nick's topic is the future of farming with Aerobotics aka Drones. So you're going to be really interested to hear about this. The stock is on Sunday, November
1: 17th at 12.30 p.m. Nick, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hey, Mitch. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really excited to be on this podcast.
0: Happy Um, to have you
1: here. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little
0: bit about yourself. Tell us about what you do at uh, Aerobotics and uh, a little bit about the
1: company. Cool. So I guess just from the very beginning, born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa, as you can probably hear by the slightly strange accent. <laughs> we
0: detected, detected a slight accent there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um but yeah, so born and raised Cape Town, South Africa, studied at the University of Cape Town where I did a electromechanical engineering degree. Uh which was kind of, you know, embedded systems, microcontrollers, processes and stuff. And that's kind of why I got interested in drones and robotics and yeah. But just over four years ago, joined Aerobotics and sort of at the time it had just been founded. So there were essentially two people and I kind of joined in a software engineering role, not really knowing what I was doing. And yeah, have <laughs> kind of been there ever since uh, heading up the software engineering team, which obviously a huge component of it has been DevOps and backend processes and so that's kind of why I sort of have been exposed to Spinnaker and, yeah, kind of what led me to this today.
0: Excellent. So the true startup experience, which means your job is you do whatever needs to get done and you kind of evolve into your current role, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I joined back in about four years ago when we joined, it basically we were a company that was you know building drones building the hardware sort of soldering the motors to the propellers and essentially you know drones kind of transformed throughout like our journey and we ended up having to move out of the hardware space and purely into the software space because mm-hmm. companies like dji came out with you know these commoditized perfect drones and it's quite hard to compete with them when you what five engineers in a in a garage soldering yeah. drones on a piece of
0: a lot of drones available and you can differentiate in the software. So I read from the description of your talk that Aerobotics uses aerial drone imagery to help farmers, growers manage their yield, pests, disease, that kind of stuff on farms using some AI. Is that a problem that you started initially with, or did the company evolve to that kind of problem? How did you get
1: started? Did the company get started around that,
0: that area specifically?
1: So, I mean, the company's actually had quite an interesting sort of journey in that regard. So, the idea in the beginning was we have drones, we build drones, we use drones for agriculture, we use drones for security, game counting, mining. We're trying to essentially just throw drones at any sort of problem. And sort of as we progressed as a company and, you know, more and more players sort of entering the, the field and we sort of started honing in on our value proposition and started specifically focusing on tree crops within the agriculture space because mm-hmm. it's such a, a high value. And so it actually then makes sense for the, the cost um, for specific tree crops. So originally we weren't using any AI. We were kind of just trying to use raw sort of computer vision and object detection. The data that we were seeing is so vast and case by case is so unique that we kept having to change the parameters slightly, tweak things, and so the only sort of long-term solution could have been machine learning. And so that's kind of what we embarked on about two to three years ago and sort of been yeah what we've been using ever since to try to essentially you know, generalize the imagery we're receiving and sort of try to replicate a human behavior to the best of its ability.
0: Okay, excellent. So I know your software stack, appreciate that about the company and kind of the problem space. I know your software stack is a combination of what Kubernetes, of course you're using Spinnaker, I think Circle CI for your CICD. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Spinnaker initially. Was that something that you chose or kind of evolved there, kind of by accident? How, how did you happen down that path?
1: So, I mean, it, is, it did happen by complete accident. Um, traditionally, when we were processing all this data, we were just spinning up EC2 instances. And so we're essentially just sending SQS messages and spinning up instances, and instances would essentially be able to sort of, I don't know, kind of retrieve these messages and then figure out what sort of processing to do. You know, it was a it was an absolutely terrible solution. You know, if an instance broke <laughs> or something went wrong with the code, we'd have to SSH into the instance, patch it, figure out what was going on. I mean, at, at oh, this no time also, it wasn't it wasn't like Docker hadn't really sort of like exploded, and or, or maybe it had in mm-hmm. sort of like San Francisco and everything, but you know, in Cape Town we weren't really exposed to all these sort of advanced kind of tech solutions, and so we mm-hmm. kind of had quite an archaic little approach going on, which was working, I guess, with our scale. And then in the beginning of last year, we got accepted into Google Launchpad, which was really exciting. Four of us went across to San Francisco and we basically went on this Launchpad program where they kind of, you know, helped us all the way from technical to business. And, you know, it really was inspiring to kind of go to San Francisco for the first time and sort of see like, you know, just the scale of things and just like the intensity of, you know, the, the tech companies then really what they were doing. And mm-hmm. we kind of got put in touch with a couple of mentors and one of them based on sort of what the problems we were trying to solve were and like the problems that we were facing uh, recommended Spinnaker. And, you know, at that time we were kind of on AWS's stack. And so we kind of then got incentivized to sort of try set up a system on, on Google. And, you know, we had like Spinnaker set up, uh, Google's Kubernetes engine and kind of, we just took it from there and just, it was an interesting journey because there's quite a lot of iteration within like Spinnaker itself um, in terms of like, you know, just how the community's progressed over the last sort of two years. But also, just sort of like where we were at in terms of not really understanding like how Spinnaker worked, the containers like spiraling out of control, realizing we needed to, you know, stabilize our Redis pod. Like our, our Redis pod mm-hmm. basically caused so, so many problems early on. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of was the journey in terms of how we got involved with Spinnaker. So it was basically just like by chance somebody mentioned it and we kind of were like, wow, this, you know, solves solves the problem we've been having. And so we kind of just ended up, yeah, just going with it.
0: Fantastic. So from what I understand is the drones that just giving our audience a little bit of context, the drones that are flying around the orchards, for example, um, are collecting all this data and uh, that goes up into uh, some data processing in the cloud, correct? And it does, I guess, splits into two areas. One is a map engine that, Creates, takes that raw imagery and creates multi-layered uh, geo maps of the orchard, and then the tree a tree engine, which also then looks at specifically where exactly are the trees, and that's how you do your processing. Is, is that a, a correct description of how this works
1: at a high level? So, so it is. It is basically quite a quite a good description. Um, so, just to maybe give like slightly more detail on like the map engine side, we are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you mentioned, but we are using multispectral cameras attached to the drones. And mm. from that data, we can get information that isn't necessarily visible to the human eye. And that kind of gives us our our health and chlorophyll readings from the plants. Is that and like infra,
0: using infrared kind of exactly, things or what?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Infrared sensors. Um, and so, yeah, so the map engine side is essentially like, the big data processing side of things where we 're taking thousands of thousands of images and stitching them into these high resolution maps of like individual orchards, I mean just to give sort of some context on uh, kind of what the data is there we we generally produce about like these five gigabyte high resolution images which is of a specific orchard, mm-hmm. and the kind of process around getting the raw imagery into that five gigabyte sort of image we use about 64 gig, um, RAM and 16 CPU instances. So that's kind of just like the the scale of what we're running and it can take anywhere between two hours to 24 hours Mm -hmm. to perform that stitching process. And then moving on to the, the tree engine, this is sort of where our machine learning models are running in production. And that's essentially taking these high resolution maps and Segmenting the image to get individual trees from that image, and from that we can then calculate additional metrics such as the height the health um, the area of the individual trees and and One thing that I guess we left out because we're still developing it is we we now have a, a fruit engine, which is essentially now like kind of our, our new f- product focus area where you know we, we, we're going from The drone which is kind of taking a high level of the orchard and now we're going right up to the individual trees and from those trees we're starting to detect fruit and sizes from from the fruit and the goal here is to give the farmers an an accurate sort sort of size distribution of the fruit in the orchard so they can plan accordingly when it comes to harvest time.
0: All, it's all about yield, of course, and quality of the, of the yield as well. And by the way, I come from, I'm not a farmer, but I grew up in the middle of Nebraska in the U.S., oh, so I'm nice. around a lot of farmers, so I have some idea of what you're talking about, at least an appreciation for it. Well, how did, how, tell us a little bit about why you chose to do this talk at, at uh, Spinnaker Summit and some of the things that you want to communicate beyond kind of the problem set or the solution that you've, you've come
1: up with. Okay, so one of the reasons why I thought it would be quite cool to to speak at the the summit was I guess just based off like chatting to some of the spinnaker guys on the slack channels and everything it it feels like we we're using it in quite like a unique sort of way mm-hmm. i mean we 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 we're using it very much to like manage essentially our data pipelines, and I guess like we're almost using it in a similar way to how someone may use something like Apache Airflow or something. And I thought that like the the combination of like the uniqueness of how we sort of using it and sort of just to kind of explain how like it has, you know, completely changed the way we've been able to develop and iterate super quickly. I thought it'd be worth kind of sharing that with the community and sort of seeing how like other people were using it in comparison, um, mm-hmm. so I guess yeah, that was kind of just the main thing. Just the the type of data that we you know sending through sending through the system is quite different. It's quite unique in comparison to the rest of the world. You know, we we process these large images which come up with a, with which have like a a whole bunch of different problems with them. You know, we have to ensure that our containers are responsible they're not using too much ram they're not spiking in terms of you know being out of memory because they're loading in all an image all at once and you know there's just been a lot of like interesting things that we've had to sort of develop to kind of handle our case so I thought it'd be be cool to share that with the community and, and take it from there
0: you know I, th- I think it's super relevant and you know not everyone may have an agricultural you know problem domain but with a massive quantity of data that we're collecting through sensors, whether it be drones or IoT in the home or IoT in the business or any device, um, any systems that are collecting all this data, one of the real challenges is how do you process that much information? How do you combine it together? How do you take different sources, like your map engine versus the tree engine, look at it and then do that analysis and produce you know valuable interesting results? I think a lot of businesses, whether they be startups or, or, or enterprises, have those kinds of projects and challenges, or at least they're thinking about it if they're not already doing that. And I bet you've got some valuable lessons that you've learned over time about why you set up the pipelines the way you did or how to handle some of the production challenges.
1: Yeah, you know, we, it's, it's also we're in an interesting space as well because, you know, we, we've learned so much over the course of like the last two years like when you're doing things in production, you also like very quickly start figuring out what it should be. And so there's even like more and more of an end goal, if that makes sense. So like Mm -hmm. as, as a small example, kind of, you know, we've set up all our Spinnaker pipelines and it's been amazing and the devs have been able to iterate really fast. And now we're starting to see that like, you know, we want to maybe start introducing some stability to our pipelines. And so to achieve that, we want to start, you know, setting them up as infrastructure as code. And like just starting to build like that whole process into the development cycle is obviously quite challenging um, and takes time, but it's allowed us to sort of think forward and continually like improve on what we've been doing. So you always feel like you have kind of, found the best solution at a point in time, you're like, wow, this is like absolutely incredible. And like, it's going so well. And then, you know, six months from then, you're kind of like, wow, like it could be so much better. There's so much more we can still keep (laughs) doing to like improving it. So I guess that's what's been quite an awesome part about using Spinnaker is like at every sort of milestone is kind of like you can keep, you know, iterating and making it better and using it more efficiently.
0: That's excellent. When you uh, use a tool like Spinnaker, open source uh, software like that, that, you know, you feel like you're just getting started sometimes you thought you knew what you could do with it. And you find out there's, you know, eight or 10 different things that it evolves to from where you started. 100%. 100%. Well, good. I wish you the best of luck on on your talk. Um, You know, I think you may get some folks attracted just to come hear about the drones. I hope you're going to have some pictures of maybe some of the orchards and the maps and some of the the output uh, that you do is that correct? Just to give folks an idea of kind of how this works.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely I think do a very very brief sort of couple minutes on the product and just kind of explaining what we what we're trying to do um, for sure. Because I guess it's always nice to sort of give context of you know what spinnaker is actually producing at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Well, it's been great talking with you and I wish you the best with the talk and I uh, hope we get a lot of folks coming that are excited to hear about what you're doing. Is this the first talk that you've given at a conference like this or you've done that before?
1: No, this, this would be the first talk. So I'm quite great. excited for that.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, it's, there's lots of ways to give back to an open source community. And of course, writing code is certainly one of them, but most people don't write code. And I think one of the great ways... Of giving back is doing exactly what you're doing is going and talking, not just in the community and online forums and Slack channels or whatever there are that too. But you know, participating in talks like this uh, it, because it, uh, it I, I'll predict you'll have a lot of folks come up with to you after the talk and want to know more or talk about what they're doing and you know tell you about their idea or ask your advice on something. So it's a great way that advances the software and the use of it um, because you're doing things with it probably other people never expected or predicted. So congrats. It's awesome. You're doing it.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to is just sort of, you know, meeting a whole bunch of new people and kind of, I guess like we learn so much, like, especially, you know, kind of being in South Africa, not kind of in like the tech hub of the world, I would guess is, you know, you, when you go there and you start like, speaking to some people who are kind of you know, leading the way in terms of the industry, um, it, it's so valuable just to kind of hear what they have to say and what they're using and how they're solving problems because it's so relevant and it can hmm. translate so so nicely back home. And so, yeah, it's always, always so much value in just meeting the people and just chatting through things.
0: Well, excellent. Nick, thank you for joining the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Mitch. Will you be at the, the summit in the month? I
0: time? don't think I'm going to be able to be there. I've had several invitations. If I can, <laughs> I will be. But okay, I'm like cool. back to back for the next month going to conferences. So we'll see. Hopefully if I make it, I will definitely look you up. So cool. I'd like to thank That's- Nick Coles, Head of Software for Aerobotics, joining us today. He, again, he's speaking at the Spinnaker Summit 2019. The dates are November 15th to the 19th in San Diego, by the way, Nick, you'll enjoy San Diego, too. It's a great city like San Francisco is. His topic is the future of farming with aerobotics, a.k.a. drones, and on some uh, Sunday, <laughs> so, November 17th at 12.30 p.m. So please check out his talk. And thanks to all you for joining us today on, uh, on this podcast and listening to Nick and I chat about his talk. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you've listened to another DevOps chat. Be careful out there.